Welcome to Life's a Beach. I'm Bruce Hopkins, better known as Hoppo from Bondi Rescue. Each week I'll be sharing some stories, the good, the bad and everything in between. I'll be chatting to guests about their life experiences and giving our listeners an insight to the challenges we have faced in our lives. We'll share a few jokes and some banter along the way and hopefully our experiences will resonate with you. As the saying goes, while life's a beach, it can also be a bitch. Hey everyone, this week on Life's a Beach, I've got in the beach shack someone who was on Married at First Sight 2019 series and it was an absolute fiery season. Cyril joins me in the beach shack. She tells me about the challenges of being on a show like that and her experiences and also growing up in Sydney and meeting her now partner Eden Daly and having her son Boston. So let's sit back and listen to my chat with Cyril. This week at the Beach Shack, you'll know this person probably back from nine, uh, 2019 maths and uh, she's coming to the studio just to uh, have a chat and uh, we'll get her a whole story and it's going to be uh, uh, really good. So welcome Cyril to the Beach Shack. Hey, hoppo, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Now let's start... You said you were born in the Philippines, so give us the, the background of, of how it all started. No worries. Yeah, so no, my, my dad worked for the American Naval Base and, yeah, he, he worked there for a long service, so they helped him migrate overseas. Originally, we were trying to apply for LA, but Australia got approved first. So, yeah. Okay, so then you moved to Australia, what, at the, so what about three years old? Yeah, but I was three years old, and I don't know if you know this, but I actually come from a very big family. There's seven kids in my family, and um, so we had no relatives here in Sydney, and so we actually had to stay at my dad's friend's house. And so imagine them looking after nine people in their house. <laughs> so, so it was a lot to get used to, yeah, and even I felt for the family that had to take care of us when we first moved here, Yeah. <laughs> And how was it growing up then in Sydney? It was good. It was good. it was really hard for us because, like I said, we're a big family, and I can honestly tell you, we like my parents like literally worked their way up to have the lifestyle we have now. Um, when we first came here, you know who helped us out a lot? Saint Vinnie's. A lot of the um, clothes that, like, I remember our first Christmas, everything was donated by them. Our food, they came brought us like so much food to help us celebrate because my mom was like, look, I've just come from the Philippines. I've got seven children and St. Vinny's, they they honestly helped us out. Yeah, they gave us the Christmas we really wanted, our first year in Australia. And then, you know, going to school and how was that? Did you, you know, your education, did you play sport? What did you get into as a, you know, as you got a bit older? I was actually very sporty. I think you can kind of see that about my personality. I'm a bit of a tomboyish kind of a girl. Yeah, I was very sporty. Yeah, it was, it was school was like good. I, apparently, the teachers used to say when I first started in kindergarten, because my, obviously my English wasn't very well, they said, your daughter was a very quiet girl. The moment she learned to speak English, she doesn't shut up now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I do still remember having, you know, those um, where, where they teach you, you know, how to speak English, separate classes from that, yeah, and doing all that, yeah. And how did you find that when you, you to understand English? Was it difficult at, this, at that time? 
Well, Filipinos, they're, um, you know, they they follow the American way. So a lot of it, like English is probably their second language as well. So, yeah. I mean, my, my mum probably speaks English a little bit more fluent than my dad. But, yeah, I I think I just, if anything, I think I've gotten a bit of a Bogan accent, don't you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you do actually now. You, yeah. If you heard you speak without yeah seeing you, you you'd think it was American. <laughs> yeah. Now, as you got older... Yeah, you left school. What did you do when you left school? See, that's the end. I actually worked for a combank and I was on the, um, like, I was an auditor. So all the consultants, all the consultants, um, I was the one who basically made sure that they were giving the correct information to the customers. And I basically gave them, you know, their bonuses each week. So I was actually quite high up, <laughs> believe it or not, as much as I goof around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as you went on, I suppose, you know, we'll get on to the, the TV show shortly, but what, what, what was the reason why you wanted to go on to a show like Mass? So I, like from my group of friends, I was probably the only one that was constantly single. And honestly, I didn't even watch the show. My girlfriends always watched it. And it only happened one night on Facebook. She saw that the application for Married First Sight came on. And she's like, considering your track record, I think this is your only hope. And I honestly just jumped on it. And I, I just... It's funny, I, well, I'm surprised I even got in because I honestly, when I was completing the form, I was kind of taking the piss out of myself a lot. <laughs> but I guess they I guess they liked that, yeah. And then was it a shock when they got in contact with you to say you, you're on, you've, you've got to start on the show? Yeah, but, you know, truthfully, like, call me, I'm not being cocky or anything like that, but I genuinely, like, had this weird feeling. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get this, you know? Just, I don't know, even my, my brother who was, when I remember I was doing, like, a phone interview like this, he was um, listening around the corner and he was pissing himself laughing, obviously, listening to what I'd say. And then he was like, really? He goes, I've got this feeling you're going to get in, you know? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he got on the show, it was obviously... Um... At times it was heated, and at times it was a lot of uh, stuff going on. So, run us through the, you know, from the beginning. You um, and for people that don't know what Married at First Sight is, it's obviously you just get matched up with somebody, you go and and get married, and and what happens from there? All the things like a normal couple would do after getting married. So you go on a honeymoon, you meet each other's. Well, you probably would have met your the family, beforehand, but you go and meet each other's families. Go to you know some couples therapy with experts and like you meet as a group truthfully you know it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just an extra added stuff to make the show i guess yeah and, and you did have a, a lot of you know as you said when you were young you didn't say too much but geez on the show you did have a, a lot to say there <laughs> if anything i didn't shut up huh <laughs> uh, but, you know, look, I, until this day, Hopper, I honestly still get asked, like, was that real? You know, surely it's scripted. And I promise you, like, even talking to me now, you can tell, like, that's just how I talk. And yeah. they were just bitches, you know, like, the, you know, yeah. everything that happened, you know, I'm speaking from my own, you know, how I fought with it. I And nothing was scripted and, uh, yeah, nothing was fake. It was just, it was exactly how it was. Mm. You're outspoken in the show, and I think you got nicknamed Cyclone Cyril. Is that yeah? How'd that come about? Do you know what? Truthfully, it was um, the the guy they hooked me up with on the show that came up with that name because he said that 
It was basically like a cyclone. Every time I opened my mouth, I just destroyed everyone. (laughs) 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 So as it went on, obviously people were arguing and not friends. And and is that something that was the the real side of the show or was, you know, behind the scenes were they pushing to people to, to aggravate them to be like that? No, I genuinely did not like those girls and they didn't like me. Until now, we don't speak to each other. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, look, I think what people will say that that um, the, you know, the producers manipulate the show to a certain degree. Don't forget, like to a certain degree. Like, I mean, they, I guess they can sit there and say, oh, how did that make you feel? Like kind of, you know, with your feet. But they can't make you do or say anything you didn't really want to say in the first place. You know, I mean, it's not like they've got a gun to your head and forcing you. But, um, yeah, no, I like I always say, I, I say to everyone, I know it feels like from the way it looks like it was all scripted, but no, we just genuinely were like cats and dogs with each other. <laughs> Yeah. And did you find that obviously people were critical of different parts of it and people were critical of you as well? Did that take a toll on you or did you just sort of, I'll just continue on on how I am and I know what my personality is like? I, I truthfully, when it comes to myself, like I, gen, I genuinely don't. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Genuinely, don't give a crap. Yeah, that's right. But when it comes to like people say mocking or saying something about my family instead, then that's where yeah I get a little bit more upset. Like yeah, you know, it, it, it actually did get to a stage where people were starting to get a bit racist and the comments were just like, you know, things like that. So that's probably when I was just like, yeah, it gets under my skin a bit. But usually, like, I'm very thick-skinned, like, you can mock me right now and I'll probably give you the best comeback and be like, ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, obviously these days, and and I speak to a lot of younger people um, that find it difficult, is social media. And, you know, did you get a lot of attacks through social media where it's easy for someone to say whatever they want? Oh, yeah, it's always easier for us because you know what? It's literally you're behind a keyboard. No one can, you know, you, you don't get that king slap that you probably needed. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of the attacks were mainly, you know, online. And it was also towards, you know, my little boy who's got nothing to do with it because, like, right after the show, truthfully, I probably only just four months in, I, I felt pregnant. Even then, my child wasn't even born and I'm like, People, I had people saying, I hope you have a stillborn. I hope you have a miscarriage. Horrendous things. So, you know, you, but like I said, I've got thick skin. It was just when, you know, they would say stuff about my child. I was like, nah. And also, you, I mean, after the show, um, obviously, it, was it that long after that you, you met Eden, who was also on reality um, TV shows as well? And how did you end up meeting him? Um, it was Jules's birthday party, and he was actually there with another girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I actually didn't like him, but we we hit it off. More. We became honestly, he became my best friend before anything. Next second, I was always at his house, and like pretty much from the day we'd met, we'd never separated. So yeah, mm. that's how we met. And it wasn't long after, truthfully, the the show was still airing, and I'd met Eden already. The guy gets <laughs> around. What can I say? <laughs> 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 and, and at that stage, though, a lot of people would have thought, oh, this is not going to last, you know, yeah. something so quick after, you know, you've come off maths and suddenly you're in a relationship and, mm. you know, people would have thought that, oh, this is all set up. You know, how, how did that pan out? Oh, 
like it they really did right and then that's just why like right now like when we do come across like you know you I still go out to certain events and stuff so when I come across those people that I know said shit <laughs> then Cyclone Cyril comes back out again but we do say we're like well four years down the track now uh, we're still together so I hope you can see now like all those assumptions like you know Get your facts right before you talk. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But we proved everyone wrong. Oh, 100%. And, you know, you've had a, a beautiful son as well. And, you know, as you said, four years, you know, it's obviously proven, yeah, a lot of people were wrong that were saying things at the time. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but everyone's always going to talk. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it is what it is. We're just happy. We're in a good place. And I'm probably going to shove another four more years up the right side. <laughs> <laughs> so the parts when they were attacking your family, and obviously they were attacking yourself and Eden and, yeah. and everything, did you sit back together and, and analyse that and did it affect you know, mentally that what was going on when it was, when it was attacking on your family? I think it was like, um, so I was pregnant a lot of the times that this was happening and, you know, you're, you're so much more emotional then. So I think, yeah, I, I, like what really got to Eden was seeing, you know, I'm pregnant and I'd be like online, like huffing and puffing and getting so upset. It's not good when you're pregnant and everything, but um, yeah, it there's been a lot of things that's happened to us. Like I'm just lucky I've got such a strong partner that backs me up, you know, and he's a bit of a fiery character just like myself. Yeah, you just develop a thick skin. And after that, we just, you know, had a beer and got over it. <laughs> <laughs> just live life while he drank a beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. It sounds like you just handle it quite well, you know. And, and as you said, it, it's good. You're, you're both strong personalities, but you're supporting each other, which helps as well down the track. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, so after the show finished, uh, you, you met Eden. What, what did you do then? Did you go back to work from there? No, so look, truthfully, as they say, for everyone on Instagram and like doing reality TV shows, some really, you know, some they make a career out of it, others go back to work. Eden and I have been both quite lucky that, you know, through Instagram, like I'm a full-time Instagrammer and I always say that because I I hate calling myself an influencer. I'm just, <laughs> it is what it is, but I'm very, I'm quite fortunate that this happened 2019. It's now 2023 and I can still, you know, live off that. But um, Eden also, he's um, he does a bit of work, you know, he still does the corrective services and he does Instagram. But, yeah, it's really – it varies for each people and I'm, I'm just thankful that it's lasted this long for mys- myself and I'm still able to do, do it as a career. Yeah, well, that's a, a good thing, isn't it, from going from the TV show and then being able to make something out of it through social media and continuing that on because it's – what's that been? About four years now since the show, so it's um, been, been quite successful. Yeah, and a lot of people, like you say, do end up, you know – quitting their jobs because they think oh you know they're gonna thing and then having to go back and not everyone you know gets a career out of it that's why I say I'm very thankful that I'm one of the few that's been able to hold a career with Instagram with it and as you said a lot of people go on the shows and then when they come off can't adjust back to their normal life either because they're expecting so much more but they don't achieve that yeah also some people get that like really bad edit like you know i don't know if you've seen i've seen a few on the new maps now 
like they lose they they got fired off their jobs yeah so i'm just like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but you know that's crazy i'm like i'm lucky like considering everything i've done i did i was like i had a pretty good work like they were like they backed me up so yeah some jobs they fire you <laughs> yeah i know I've, I've seen that recently in the media it's a it's uh, pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah. With the social media, obviously you're, you're posting stuff for, for different companies or how, how are you uh, managing with the Instagram? Um, that's just it, yeah, just different companies. You know, you just, like Eden's, Eden's pretty much my manager these days. He's the one who gets my collaborations usually and we, we do some together as a couple. Like, you know, they say, oh, just, just stuff on our own. But it's, it always varies. I like to pick things that, truthfully that I know I would enjoy. So a lot of the things I do are genuine, like genuine products. That's why I always go for more things like with my hair. I, I, I love my hair, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that's, um, yeah. So just things like that. But I, I like to only promote genuine products that I believe in. Yes. You don't just do anything. It's, it's, you basically have a look at what it is and if you like it, you'll, you'll do it. Some girls get offered and it's thingy. They get asked, you know, like for the sex toys and all that. And that was something I had with my manager at the time. Like, I can't do that. It's not in me. Things like that. And, like, girls want to do lingerie, each to their own, you know. They've got the body for that. I've had a kid already. God, no. No one wants to see this but Eden. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's, yeah, certain things like that. That's why I say, like, the things I like to test out more for my hair, beauty lines, anything for children, that's, like, the things I like to promote because I feel that's what what I, I can be an asset to you know what I know would work with people so yeah and with the experience that you had with maths is there anything you took away from that that you've recognized from the show that you thought well yeah I'm gonna do that differently or it's something that I, I that's my personality and that's how I'm gonna continue no, Hopper, I'm probably never going to change. I'm 34 years old now. This is me. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, no, people do ask me that, and it's a genuine question. I get it. But I always just say, look, I am who I am. The people that love me for are in my life, the people that don't, there's a reason why you're blocked on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, so, yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? You, you, you've got to be yourself and, and stick by that. And, you know, what people – a lot of people can see different people in different ways – but until you get to know the person, you don't really know exactly how they are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, not everyone's going to be my, like, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I'm usually someone's glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the future hold? I mean, raising Boston is, is you know, obviously a, a, a full-time job there. But, you know, how's he going and, and, and what's the – the plans uh, for yourself and Eden moving forward in the years to come? Well, right now what I can tell you is we've noticed, so like I said, I've only got the one child. We've noticed Boston's a bit lonely. So we, we are in the plan, like, and this is just something both me and my partner feel like, I don't know, we feel like we need to give him a sibling. He, yeah, so that's definitely something we're looking at. Truthfully, sometime next year, fingers crossed, if, um you know, I'm blessed enough to. But, um yeah, that's just something... Yeah, I'd really like to do. I, I told Eden I want three kids. 
He's like, two, that's it. Yeah, no more. You're lucky if it's a girl. If it's not a girl, too bad, babe. You're stuck with two boys. <laughs> yeah, but I, I want three. I'd love two boys and one girl if I'm blessed. But, yeah, right now our plans, honestly, is just to keep up what we're doing. Look, we're very re- realistic people. You know, I, like I said to you, I'm just thankful at the end of the day I've still got Instagram. If should it die out, it's a good thing I was born with a brain. <laughs> So, but no problem going back to work. Eden's back at work and does a bit of both. So, yeah, um, like I said, I'm not one of those people like I'm not planning to be Nicole Kidman or something down the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? well, it, it's good to see you grounded though because a lot of people, you know, they're doing the social media. They don't think it's ever going to end, you know, and something if it does, there's no backup plan. And it's good to know that, you know, a lot of things – doesn't last forever so it's good to have a plan that in case something does go wrong well you can you can just move straight into something else well hopper that was actually one of the first things like my parents said to me when they knew i was going on the show they're like you know this isn't isn't going to be forever it's going to be good and quick easy money but you know especially social media like people are going to come and go there's going to be fresh faces every year and you know like that's why i said like i think any advice i'll give to any contestants now is don't quit your day job you know and um if you're really gonna do it beware like you know it it does mess up with your life a bit like the last consent contestant i told you about them losing their job i didn't think that would ever happen and look married at first sight didn't really help them out in that regard you know once they've had you on the show that's it you're you're to go back on your own on your own two feet yeah that's right and and did you ever get to go to the uh the Logies at all? Did they take you to the Logies? No, no, they didn't take me to the Logies. I think they didn't want me having a cat fight in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, and uh, actually they got rid of up. It was like they were saying, because, you know, a lot of the storylines was based against myself and these other girls. So they're like, why isn't Cyril there? I did read that a few times. And I'm like, you know what? They pick who they pick, yeah. whatever, you know, end of the day, like, at least my edit wasn't bad, so I was happy with the way things ended for me in the show. The Logies, I haven't watched the Logies in years, truthfully, if I had to be honest. <laughs> be honest, when was the last time you watched it, you know? I'm like, I'm like a Netflix in Chilga. <laughs> and, and the one you're on, Maths that you're on, 2019, how did that affect, because from there, the following year, we went straight into COVID for, for a couple of years. Did that affect... You at all in that period? No, no. See, if anything, it, what affected me was because during COVID, we just had Boston. So I couldn't go and visit my parents. Or me and Eden couldn't visit our parents for help regarding our son. So, you know, it's lucky I didn't kill this bloke in the process. <laughs> but no, no it's, yeah, that, that was probably like the only thing that got to me with the COVID was just, yeah, not being able to get help when it came to my son. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Quite good timing then, really, wasn't it? That uh, all happened around that same period. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was all right. Um, no, we. When was when was wasn't COVID twenty twenty one? March twenty twenty. So it was pretty much um, in two years from there. Yeah, because I remember, like, when our show aired, I was I was like flying around the country with Eden, you know, doing some meet and greets. So we we were all right during that. <laughs> <laughs> Any other ideas? Still go back to the Philippines at all? Oh, look, you know what? We um, we have. I haven't been back since I was twenty-one. 
which isn't that long ago. <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> I do, my plans are to one day bring Eden there and just show him what's like. Like, truthfully, I, I've spent my whole life here in Australia. I probably wouldn't be the best host, but, you know, my parents could probably go with us and show us where the best places would be to go. Do you still have any family there at all? Yeah, yeah, both um, my parents and um, my dad's side and my mum's side are there. The only thing is, like, it's we're not very close to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably why my parents wanted to move overseas, just get us far away from them. Um, so we do have relatives. We speak to the ones that, are, you know, we want to, the ones we don't, we stay clear. But um, I've, um, I've, like, honestly, I've never been quite close to anyone in the Philippines. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, you moved here at three in Australia, so you're basically Australian, really. It's you've you've been you know brought up in, in in pretty much majority of life here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so real. It's great having you in the beach shack, having a chat, telling your story, and uh, you know the the maths days were. Uh, I remember seeing some uh, bits and pieces of it with the the, uh, the uh, sort of. That's the main one I think that stands out, 2019, out of all the maths. It was a real fiery series, that one. Yeah, I, like, look, not because I was on it or anything, but I do think that myself. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I show was kind of more dramatic. And, yeah, it's it's not the same. So I feel like a lot of the people these days kind of just go for that blue tick and for that Instagram, it's lost its... Um, Greatness, I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a <also> peel. <laughs> and I think that one had a lot of personalities that uh, just seemed to all, you know, butt heads or connect or either way. It was just a, a whole lot of people in, in that one um, ep- that one series that seemed to uh, make it, you know, everyone sort of bounced off each other and then there was, you know, people were disagreeing and it just sort of all fell into place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, and to, to be honest, it's like, like both Eden and I have done other after it. Like, I've done the challenge. She did SAS, and like, I feel like I think for him, Love Island was the more fun show, and for me, I'll always remember maths. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember Eden uh, saying about the uh, uh, SAS. That was a, a pretty tough sort of one to to, to go and do. Oh, did you watch it? It's crazy, right? Yeah. Have you seen the new trailers for the new one? Yeah, I've seen the uh, the, the new one looks unbelievable as well. So it's, it looks pretty tough. Yeah. Look, they, they actually called me to do that. I didn't go, I didn't go, it didn't go through though. But like after I'd seen it, I'm like, thank God I didn't go through it. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have been on the plane saying, fly me back home. I quit already. <laughs> but, and I don't. I, like as much as I, I'm not trying to say I'm tough or anything, but I'm not a person that can take people telling me what to do really well. Like I can't. It would probably burn me. Like if someone was like I saw how they spoke to Eden, and they'll be like, "Do this," and it'll scream. I'll be like, "Oh, if you're a man, me." <laughs> you know, I just I can't do it. Yeah, so. It's not. I don't think that's one I could do. Would you do it yourself? <laughs> no, I don't know. If, I don't know if my um my body would hold up to the what they've got to do. And and yeah, you know, the main thing that I'd be worried about is the is the heights. I'm petrified of heights, and I just don't know if I could get myself over that that fear. Mm, yeah, see, mine would be heights and anything to do with water because I'm not I'm not a very good swimmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll drown like that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think he, uh, yeah, they, they do a lot of the water stuff as well as the heights. I think that's probably the two biggest fears that people have, I think. One, you know, mm. I've seen some of the highlights of the, the, the latest series and it's just some of the high stuff. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah, the new one looks intense. They're in the desert, I think. Yeah, they're in the desert. They're in the desert, and I think when they start, they get buried in the uh, like coffins and just get buried under the sand. And then, and he, yeah, I told Eden you'd last of all there because you're always getting buried by me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I saw that. It's that is crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. crazy. But you know, you never know. You might um, you might have a go one day. We might end up on the same same. We might end up both doing it the same episode. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll help you out with the height stuff. You help me out. <laughs> That's where you, you'll be great at that. So, <laughs> uh, Ariel, uh, at the end of the interview, I do a, a segment, Five Fun Facts. I'm going to throw some questions at you and you can answer them however you want. What are the best and worst purchases you've ever made? Alcohol. It's the best because it gives me a good time, but it's the worst because I can't stop drinking it. <laughs> uh, cats or dogs and why? Neither. I don't like, um, I'm not an animal person. Sorry. <laughs> Eden would love dogs though. <laughs> what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? My ability to always speak my mind. What's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Do you know what? I actually texted Eden today. I don't know if you're a Yellowstone, you know, the TV show Yellowstone? Yep. Yep, Yellowstone fan. But did you know the news, um, they're going to do another one and it's Matthew McConaughey in it? Yes, I heard that. I, I watched, I've watched every single episode of that. It's, I loved it. I loved it. Love 1883, 1923, all of them. Yep. They're just so good. And so apparently he's doing the new one called 1944. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they're getting rid of Costner and putting you – sorry, I'm such a gossiper. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's – like, I, look, I, I love the show, so that's probably the most interesting thing I've read this week. <laughs> what song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? Oh, God, there's so many. I, it, look, you've heard my voice. I can't sing, <laughs> but I will sing any song. But if I had to say a karaoke song I've got to always sing, it's I Will Survive. Very good, very good. <laughs> Great answers. <laughs> Weird answers. Huh? <laughs> well, uh, Sorrel, thanks for coming into the Beach Shack, having a chat. And but you'll have to bring uh, Boston down to Bondi with uh, Eden and uh, catch up down there one day. For sure, for sure. We'll, co- we'll come soon because, you know, the weather and everything, it's so good now to be at the beach. We were at Balmoral the other day, but we'll hit you up when we're in Bondi. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> thanks for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now let's go to Beach Banner. Okay, in the Beach Shack this week, we've got Eddie, who's been a lifeguard with us now for a fair few years. Eddie, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Bruce. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Now, a lot of lifeguards do a lot of travelling around the world, chasing waves and, and everything else that uh, we all go overseas for. So tell us a story about when you did head overseas. Yeah, mate, so I was uh, lucky enough to do quite a big trip uh, just before COVID and the lockdowns happened and uh, I obviously didn't, wasn't aware of that, uh, the pan- pandemic, but uh, I took advantage of every opportunity and ended up being away for about a year and a half 
traveling around Europe and Africa uh, and just sort of just going with the flow, taking all the opportunities that I had uh, from people that I met. So I sort of, uh, I went there thinking I'd be away for three months and yeah, like I said, ended up being away for almost two years. I was purely just from uh, people I met and um, spent a lot of time uh, actually living in, in Amsterdam where I was working at a bakery and at a bar there, which was, you know, not a life, not a typical life that I would choose here, that's for sure, or anywhere else. But the fact that I could just do it over there and live comfortably and just experience uh, working in the hospitality life uh, was just, yeah, it was something different. And I, I can't say hey, I, I loved it, but I definitely had a crack at it. And and obviously after my time there, I was um, ready to get some waves. Um, so I went on this big adventure through Morocco and Senegal. But I would say that um, definitely one of the most bizarre and interesting cultures I experienced was uh living in uh, Dakar on this little island just off Dakar, which is the capital of Senegal, uh, called Ildengo. And I, I got, met this traveler, this German traveler who said, oh, you should go to Senegal. Uh, there's really good waves there and you can get a job as being a surf guide. So I, I, took, I followed up with this guy and he got me in touch with the, the owner of this camp and next thing you know, I'm just on a flight down there to work on this little island just off uh, off the yeah, country of Senegal, which was just incredible. And and just seeing the whole whole culture there of how fit everyone is and how everyone just loves the ocean and and, and how good the waves are there was, uh, yeah, something that like, I'll, I'll never forget, uh, surfing these, these amazing waves. But unfortunately, they're all they all break over these really shallow, sharp reefs full of sea urchins. So part of my job of being a surf guide was to, to, to keep all the surfers safe in the water. But at the end of the day, everyone's going to get, everyone hits the reef at some point and you're going to get a lot of urchins in your foot. So I spent a lot of time, yeah, with the, the tweezers and the, the splinter, pulling out a lot of different urchins from people's feet. Well, that was an amazing experience, plus a lot of different culture and everything. And and then when you think about it, we deal with a few sea urchins as well down at Bondi. So you're sort of pre-practicing to become a lifeguard. So you've been guided into pretty much the uh, right profession. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I thought. I was having a laugh about it when the first time I had to take some sea urchins out of uh, some kid's foot at North Bondi. I was like, oh, I've got plenty of experience in this, so yeah, that definitely helped help with the job. But um, no, I love love my time there and would love to go back. But I just think I was very lucky to do all this, do all that amazing travel uh, just before the whole world went into lockdown. Yeah, that was good timing. And and how'd you find the different cultures when you're overseas? Yeah, it was it was really amazing. It was it was quite shocking at first because I think I was actually in uh, Morocco for a few months. And uh, the way they approach their Muslim culture of, you know, it's no drinking alcohol, uh, men and women completely separated, children indoors, like it's, it's, it's the total opposite to when I went to Senegal. And it's like they are, they, they're still Muslim, but men and women are allowed to be outside together. Uh, women don't have to necessarily cover up as much as they do in Morocco, and then the, they've got a little drinking culture there. You know, it's fine. They can they can enjoy alcohol uh, 
which was the most shocking thing I think I yeah I learned and I think I thought it was quite yeah amazing, and I think that would probably come from um, the French influence as uh, Senegal is originally yeah run by the French they were they they were there a long time ago and so they've made a bit more of a liberal liberal approach, but uh, it it did kind of get me in, into trouble at one point as uh, remember we went out we had this night out went to a bar I hadn't been to a bar in a long time and we went to a bar and then we went to another bar and we kept we, we went out and had a bit of a fun night out in town and then next thing you know it was quite late at night and uh we were, we were walking home and I, I didn't have my ID on me and the, the police stopped us and they asked for our IDs and I didn't know it was actually a, a rule an offense if you don't have your ID on you then they can put you in jail and so they've asked for my ID and then I didn't have it so they've next thing you know the cops have taken me away and they've <laughs> thrown me in prison for the night um, which was yeah. I was not expecting that just trying to get home but obviously uh, I had I knew, knew some people around me had some help someone was able to go and get some money um, and so I was able to get out of that situation. However, yeah, it was uh, something. It was good, good to know. And no one, if you ever go to Senegal, you need to have your ID on you everywhere you go. Well, it must have been scary because people have ha- it's happened to people before, and you end up they're, they're in jail for a long period of time, and then you've got to fight their way to try and get out. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. I was I was just trying to tell myself that I haven't committed any major crime here, and. And that surely, you know, they can see that I'm a tourist, I'm a foreigner, and I'm here to, you know, support their their economy and, and they can hopefully forgive me. And if I pay, pay off the right person, then I'll be, I'll be on the street soon. Yeah. And they let you out. The next day you got out, you were uh, back in the yeah, community. Yeah, well, it was, it was a few hours later. It was actually uh, a friend of mine came, he came back to see me and then he, he managed to talk to talk to them in French and Wolof because they didn't speak any English either. And then they've uh, taken me out, walked me out, and they've said, okay, well, you guys are going to follow him to the ATM machine now. And one of the, one of the cops was walking with us, except then we sort of noticed that the police then stopped walking. They were kind of yelling in their own conversation. And then me and this guy, we just thought, oh, well, let's just keep walking. And we just kept walking. And then we actually just ended up running. We just ended up running away. <laughs> so we just sprinted <laughs> so far just because we like, oh, let's, the, we, he hasn't noticed us. So we ended up just sort of making this random escape <laughs> and not even having to pay in the end. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a bizarre moment. Well, those are all right. Did you think that they're going to come after you, though? Definitely, yeah. I thought they would because I, I, they knew all my information. They knew where where I was staying, but I, uh, you know, I don't know if they were actually writing it down or listening to me because I don't know if they spoke English. But I did think for a few days after, oh, they'll they'll track me down and they'll ask for a little bit of a you know this pay up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it never never happened. I think it's just another day in Senegal where something weird will like that will happen, but it's not a big deal at the end of the day. Well, mate, Eddie, it's a, that was a great story. It's good listening to the different stories all the lifeguards have. So thanks, mate, for coming in and telling it. No worries. Hop, thanks for having me, mate. Now it's time to have a listen to the fans in the mailbag. This week's letter in the mailbag is from Simon, and he is from Penrith, Western Sydney. 
He says, I listened to the episode with John McLean. It was such an inspiration listening to how positive he is, the amount of training and events and his disability didn't stop him from achieving all his goals. Even though he had to reset some goals because of his uh, the accident, but how he came back, it's given me a lot more motivation to get out and do something. Well, Simon, I'm glad you enjoyed the episode and it has motivated you to, to get out and do it. He's an amazing person, John, and we've been doing a bit of paddling together and he's going to attempt the, uh, the doctor, which is the Rottnest Island, to Sorrento Ocean Ski Paddle, and that's coming up at the end of November. So first time he's going to do it and hopefully uh, he will complete it. I know he's uh, positive and he's... He's resilient and he's a very, very tough guy and it'll be great to see him finish a race like that. So thanks, Simon, for your letter and I'll catch you all again next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's a Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.